It, it's not like they always come in the same form and fashion, right? It's like whenever we see Thanos, we know that that's a villain, man. And one of the best villains of all time. Would you guys, would you guys agree? I mean, because like he was kind of guided by what he believed was moral, even though it was genocidal. Anyway, wherever. But, um, but sometimes our enemies are necessarily these big hulking monsters. Sometimes it's just a message that's on repeat inside our minds. And, and I guarantee you, more than the enemies that you face from without are the enemies sometimes you're gonna face within. Enemies of your past, enemies of emotions that are out of control, maybe behaviors that are beyond God's boundaries. And so I hope that as we go through this series, Villains, we can just look at how do we tackle these things as they come at us. And today we're going to be looking at an Old Testament example. There was this king named Sennacherib, all right? What a wild name, Sennacherib. Nobody has ever named their kid Sennacherib. And so he was this king of Assyria and he was going to attack one of the kings of Israel, specifically the southern kingdom of Judah, and at that time was reigning Hezekiah. So Hezekiah is going to be the good guy in our story today, and Sennacherib and his general Rabshakeh um, is going to be the bad guy. And so that's all you need to know as we get into this background story. And so as we go through this this morning, you're gonna see that Sennacherib Sennacherib was undefeated. And so as Hezekiah is getting ready to face this person who is undefeated, he feels some level of insecurity. He feels even possibly like we're going to lose. And how do I handle this big of a bully? How, how do I handle what seems to be an invincible foe? And so today I hope that if you've ever felt like your enemy, your villain was bigger than you. And it seems like it's almost impossible that you could defeat them or have victory over your villain. Then I hope today that as we share this, we can see some things that, that Hezekiah did that didn't work and we can avoid those. And then we can see what he did do at the end and what he does at the end always works. And so I wanna encourage you today with God's word. Let's get into it quickly. It says in 2 Kings chapter 18, and the story is housed in 18 and 19, and we can't read a hundred verses today, so I'm gonna summarize it for you, but in the 14th year of King Hezekiah's reign, which is at the midway point, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. So all of the strongholds were defeated, except for one last one, which is where Hezekiah was, the capital city of Jerusalem. And an interesting side note, um, I think a lot of times um, when it comes to relationships, I think you probably have always heard this, but people will say, you know, in marriage, if you can just make it past, has anybody ever heard this? What? Okay, and they'll say like, if you could just make it past, like the first year, has anybody ever heard that? Or like sometimes if you just make it past the first two years and then I, I've heard people say like, if you just make it past the first five years and then I've heard people say like, well, if you just make it past the first 10, I feel like people are moving the goalposts here is what I'm trying to say. Is anybody else like know what I'm talking about? And, and for Hezekiah, it's interesting, this challenge, which was his biggest challenge to date and will be the biggest challenge of his, his life, his, his reign anyway from an enemy, it came at the halfway point. And so sometimes I just want you to know that, that you might think like, oh, if I can just get past X, but I don't think that villains are on your schedule. Did you, did you know that? I don't, I don't think they're on your schedule. I don't think evil and temptation and addiction and 
people sur- plotting against you. I don't think they're on your timetable. And so what we need to know is that, that sometimes the, the fight or the attack is going to come in a time when we might have least expected it. Here was Hezekiah at the pinnacle of his reign and here comes his greatest villain against him. And so he attacks and he defeats all the fortified cities. Verse 14, so Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent message to the king of Assyria. And this is one of the things that we don't want to do. This is what he said to the king of Assyria. I have done wrong, withdraw from me and I will pay you whatever you demand of me. We're gonna, we're gonna stop right here. Um, this would be the equivalent of a bully coming up and punching you in the face and taking your lunch money and then you saying, I'm, I'm sorry, did my face hurt your hand? Was, was my face, I am sorry about that. Let me see your knuckles. Do we need to get you some, some medical attention for your, for your hand? And so here is, here is Hezekiah, he gets punched right in the face, loses all of his cities and his, his first thoughts, and if, and if you've never been in a fight, you know, like it, I'm sure it was, it caught him off guard. And so his first mindset was, can I bargain? And do I have the ability to buy off the enemy that's coming against me? And this is where it's really important that you need to know the villain's mindset. So he says, I'm sorry. So he tries to appease him. He tries to, have you ever tried to sorry your way out of a situation? Anyone in here? Like, like you just think if like, you just say sorry enough. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anybody know anyone like that? It's like the, the sorry machine gun. And so it's like, if you, if you are nice to evil, the, the, the fallacy in the logic is if you're nice to evil, evil will be nice back. Did, did you know that that's not true? Did you know that when you're nice to evil, do you know what it does? It actually emboldens evil. And so here was Hezekiah, he first said to himself, you know what I'll do? I'll apologize and then I will try to buy this enemy off. Look at these next several verses. It says that uh, Hezekiah, he took 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. And so Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the temple of the Lord and the treasuries of the royal palace. And then Hezekiah, king of Judah, stripped the gold off the doors of the temple. Man, I'm gonna tell you something about the villain's mindset. They cannot be bought off. They cannot be bought off. You just need to stop. Sometimes you say to yourself, I'm gonna throw money at a problem. I want you to just just testify. Have you ever thrown money at a problem in your life? Raise your hand if you've ever thrown money at a problem, right? It's like, you say to yourself, like if if I just throw some more money in it, it'll be fine. And then you find yourself a year later, you're still throwing money in it. And then five years later, you're still throwing money in it. It's like a, it's like a crack in the driveway. It's like a leaky uh, faucet. And you just say to yourself, oh, you know, I'll just temporarily fix it. I'll just, I'll put some duct tape on it. And you, you think to yourself, like if I just throw this money at it and I'm not willing to really dig down and solve the problem that, that somehow I can just delay the inevitable. But do you know what inevitable means? <laughs> Inevitable means it's going to happen. So delaying the inevitable is only delaying the inevitable. And so here he says, I will pay off. 
I will try to buy off my, my villain and maybe he'll go away. Well, think about this. He not only was willing to take money out of his house, the palace, it says that he was willing to take money out of God's house. He, he took all the treasure that was in the temple and he gave it to the enemy. And then he took, he took the gold that was on the doors of the temple and he stripped it off, gave it all. Can you imagine from God's perspective, like looking down, like imagine if you came home today and all your good stuff had been given to the worst enemy. You know her name already. You know, it's like Gina. You, like someone gave all your stuff to Gina or Brad, okay? And like all of it's gone. Like you get home and nothing is there and you find out that it didn't go to a good cause. It didn't go to some struggling person that was just needing help. No, it went to your worst enemy. Here is God looking down from heaven and they have given away all of the gold and the silver in my house. And Hezekiah is just trying to buy off the person who's attacking him. Man, I'm gonna tell you that, that good villains, great villains can't be bought, nor can they be bargained with. He said that, if he just apologized enough and if he just was nice enough, maybe this villain would, would go away. And we find that in the Bible, so oftentimes the Bible says we have a real enemy, enemy in spiritual places, which we'll cover in later weeks, but that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If we look at the next verse, what had happened? It says, verse 17, after he paid him all this tribute, did he go away? Verse 17, it says, the king of Assyria sent his supreme commander, the chief officer, and his field commander with a large army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. After he pays the tribute, he then sends his army to attack Jerusalem anyway. Wow, I want you to think about that for just a moment. That he, he paid him all that he had, like here's all the money in my temple, here's all the money in my house, and his bully, his villain is saying, not enough, not enough. I want Jerusalem, I want it all. And that's the fallacy of being nice to evil, believing evil will be nice back. If you give the enemy an inch today, do you know what he wants tomorrow? He wants another inch. He wants until he has everything. The enemy does not quit. The enemy does not give up. The enemy is not satisfied with a little bit. But if you give a little bit today and you give a little bit tomorrow, eventually you find yourself in these, boy, in these lost places, tough places places you didn't ever think that you were going to be. And I hope today that we can, we can look at Hezekiah's strategy and we can learn from it. That you can't sorry your way out of some situations and you can't buy your way out of some situations. I suppose everyone in here has probably come to the end of some of those roads and realized that, that man, sometimes people think if I just get a nicer house, then somehow my family will be happy. If we just have more money, then we'll be happy. If we just make the team, then we'll be happy. If we just go to enough counseling, then we'll be happy. Man, without God in the equation, at some juncture, you're gonna realize that these enemies are too great, that you can't just throw money at them and solve all of these problems. As a matter of fact, I think that life's greatest problems can't be solved with money that they have to be solved in the spiritual realm. So here Hezekiah is bartering and bargaining with his villain. It says that 
And I won't take the time to read all of this in 2 Kings chapter 18. The next verse is, is that the general comes to the wall of Jerusalem. So there he is. And imagine this giant wall that all the major cities back in the day, they would have this wall and the guards are sitting on the wall and the generals would come out and they would have a discussion. And in this discussion, the general from the enemy, he just lays Hezekiah bare. He's like, do not listen to this guy. This guy is leading you astray. This guy is going to lead you to your grave. And at one point, Hezekiah's general interrupts him and he's like, hey, could you lower your voice? Could, could you speak in Aramaic? Because they, they can hear you and they understand you. And let's, let's not speak in Hebrew because that's a, their native tongue. So let's speak in Aramaic so they won't, you know, like let's not cause a scene here. Have you ever had this conversation with loud person, like loud Lucy? Has anybody ever heard like, like, you know, you try to like lower your voice and they just get louder. Like you want me to lower my, does anybody know this person? Like it, you are negotiating with a terrorist, okay? That's, that's all you are doing. He says to him, could you lower your, and he's like, no, I will not lower my voice. He goes, I didn't come here just to talk to you. I came here to share with everyone. If they don't surrender, he said, you are going to actually eat your excrement and drink your urine. That's in the Bible. Like, can you, like, do you think he's serious? Like, did you even know that was in there? That sounds pretty intense. Does, it, does anybody else think that that's intense? I think that's intense, right? And so here is this guy threatening Hezekiah. And so he's already tried to bargain with him. He's already tried to buy him off. And now he gets to the conclusion and he says, don't let Hezekiah tell you. He says, I'll just read it for you here at the end. It says in verse 35, who of all the gods of these countries has been able to save his land from me? How then can the Lord deliver Jerusalem from my hand? Trash talking at its max. Am I wrong? Can you imagine the brazenness of this guy? Who has ever been able to, your God is nothing. He's just like all the other gods. As a matter of fact, if you have time in your spare time to read it all, he was like, the Lord actually sent us here to destroy your land. He's actually using God's name in vain to destroy the God of the Bible. I mean, that's how insane it gets. The villain knows your language. Have you ever had a person that just, they just know the button to push? Anybody, like, by show of hands, do you ever, does anybody have that person in your life? They're like, and sometimes it's someone in your house, sometimes it's one of your children, sometimes it's your spouse. Does anybody ever get bored and like kind of just pick at your spouse? Anybody in here? I do it. I honestly do. I do this thing when we're riding down the road, she'll be looking at her phone. And if you tap the phone from the back, the pressure is always forward. So if you tap it from the back, it knocks it right out of their hands. Has anybody else done this? Like you should try it on the way home. If your wife is like on her foot, just tap it from the back and just fly out. And, always, and then she like looks at me, you know, she's like, I thought we were kidding around. Are we not, are we not on the fun bus today? Here is Hezekiah and he's negotiating with this terrorist and this terrorist says, no one else has been able to win. How do you think you're going to be able to win? Have you ever faced something like that? Where it just feels like you can't win? It feels like your, your, your villain is unbeatable. 
He, he, he literally took the trophies out of the case and he's like, you see this one? Beat them. See this country? Beat them. See this God? Threw it in the fire when I was done with it. And if, if we're not careful, I think that we start to play into our villain's hands and, and we look at maybe some of their trophies and we, we get intimidated. And we say to ourselves things like, well, my parents didn't make it. So maybe I'm doomed to get divorced as well. My father, my mother, whoever couldn't beat this addiction. So I guess I can't beat it either. You start to look at all the trophies of the things around you and maybe some of the ones that you've lost in your past. And, and pretty soon you can get to this dark place of saying, maybe my enemy's unbeatable. And I think Hezekiah was in that real place. Imagine being at the top and now feeling like you can't win. Hopeless, helpless. What do you do when you've tried to buy off your enemy and it didn't work? You tried to bargain with your enemy and that didn't work. And now the enemy's at the door and he wants it all. And you know, in your own military might, you don't have the power. In your own strength, you don't have the power to win this one. Hezekiah gives us a great example. The Bible says that he went up to the temple. Look at this. What do we do when we're backs against the wall? Hezekiah in verse 14 of 2 Kings 19, he took the letter from the enemy in his hand and he read it. And he went up to the Lord's temple and he spread it out before the Lord. Can you imagine this picture? Like all the accusations, that one about the excrement and the urine, okay? This was all written in a letter. And he took it to the temple. Now, wait a minute. As he was walking in the temple, do you, temple, do you feel the irony? What, what's now missing from the temple? There's no silver inside and the doors, do they look a little different? Like the gold is gone. All of the... All of the prettiness, all of the pristineness that was the temple of God, Hezekiah has now deconstructed it and given it to the enemy. And so now all of the worldly value was gone from the temple. And so as he's walking up at his last resort, feeling vanquished by his villain, he walks into the temple and he says, God, I have a problem. And he rolls out the letter before the Lord. Oh gosh, I want you to know that although the gold was gone, the God of the temple was not gone. And the church said, hey, yes, you can get, like you can take away all of the stuff, but the, the God was the most important thing in the temple. And he spreads out the letter and he says, God, we have a problem. I need your help. This problem is too great for me. He said, God, will you help me defeat this enemy? You've heard his insults towards you, God. They're not just to me. They're not just to, the, to my people. They're to you, God. And if you will allow us to overcome this villain, it will show the world the God that you truly are. God responds to him and he says in verse 34, I will defend this city. 
verse, verse 19, it says, now the Lord God, please save us from the kingdoms of the earth that they may know that the Lord, you are God. And then down in verse 34, he said, I will defend this city. I will rescue it for my sake and for my sake and my servant, David. God said, I'll do it. I'll do it because you brought it before me. I'll do it. I'll save the city. He says, they won't even shoot an arrow. They won't even come to your city. He goes, I'm going to stop them in their tracks. Man, I want you to know that whenever you feel like you have a villain that you can't have victory over, that you have to bring it before the Lord. You have to quit fighting in your flesh. You have to quit saying, well, I'm just going to try harder. No, trying harder is not the solution that you have to take these physical things that you're, you're struggling with and realize that there's a spiritual element and you have to raise the game. You have to take it up to God and you may have given away, even God's stuff, you may have given away God's money in your own house to your enemies, to your things, to worship these things or to appease these things. And now you've come to this realization, it's not too late. Never believe it's too late. You can come and bring it before God and the God that you may have given up on has never given up on you. He spreads it out before God and he says, God, I need your help. I need you to be bigger. I need you to be better than the villain I'm facing. Man, in those days of your trouble, when you have your darkest moments, when you feel defeated and when you feel down and when you're looking up at this villain and they feel like Goliath, they're 10 feet tall, you better have a God. You better have a God that you can trust. You better have a God that is not perishable, that is fireproof. You better have a God that is able to, with one snap of his fingers, overcome Hezekiah's greatest villain that he's ever faced. Because there are some things that are bigger than you. They're bigger than your bank account. I hope today that you would realize that when we bring these things before God, we spread them out before God, we can appeal to his promise and we can appeal to his power, both of which are greater than anything that we possess. And when we appeal to his promise and his power, there is no villain that is greater than the power and the promises of God. And I hope that when he gives you the victory, that you like Hezekiah would point to him, that you would say, it's, it's not, God, that I want you to save my kingdom because I, I don't want to be the kingdom, that king that lost the kingdom. I don't want to be the king that lost Jerusalem. No, no, no. God, will you save us so that your name could be made famous? So that when we have a victory in our marriage, God, your name will be praised. When we have a victory in our finances, when we get the promotion, we close the deal, God, so that your glory could go forth, so that I could invest even more in your kingdom. Man, that's what it's all about. It's his name being lifted up. I just want you to think about your prayers. When you're praying, are you praying in such a way that God, will you do this for me? Not so that I can be greater, not so that I can be better, not so that I can have more, but God, will you do this so that your name can be made greater? It might change the way you approach the villains in your life. Let's pray. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that God, you would bring forth your word today and that every person sitting in this room, if they have villains that they're fighting, that God, that they would realize that they have a place that they can run to. There is an altar, there is a house of God and it may not have gold, it may not have silver, but 
what it does have is the God of the Bible, the God who gives victory over our greatest villains. And I pray whether that's fear, whether that's anger, whether that's lust, whether, whether it's things that are beyond my description, whatever it is that you're fighting this morning, I pray that you would bring it before the Lord, that you would lay it in front of his feet and that you would believe that he is a God who is able to answer you, to give you hope in the midst of your hopelessness. Would you guys stand with us and worship with us the God of victory?